are listening to Hunting Pixels, the one and only official video game podcast of Culture Pop. We have quite a show for you today. Uh, this is our our big return. Uh, we've been gone for a little bit because, um, um, you know, schedules and uh, and whatnot. Also, uh, people getting sick in the middle of summer, which I don't believe is a real excuse. You can't get sick in the middle of summer. I'm just kidding. I know that that's not true. Um, uh, anyway, we're back. And, um, and uh, yeah. So we're going we're gonna to talk about some, a real cool topic or whatever. Uh, <laughs> or whatever. Uh, we've also got some games that we've been playing. Um, and, uh, and some shows and movies that we've been watching. So, uh, all of that and, of course, your regular scheduled picks of the week. Um, uh, I am, of course, your host, the most electrifying man in all of sports entertainment, Josh McMullen. And I am joined, as almost always, by one of my biggest fans, Dylan Spark of Hope Martin. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Oh Christ! Uh, this is boy. Man, I'm. Char- I don't even I'm charged up. I don't even know. Uh, oh yeah, I'm ready to go. Oh my God! How how charged are you? Man. Like uh, like on a scale of like one to like, like two hundred dollars, three hundred dollars. Like I'm a hundred and eighty nine dollars into a power bill, fully paid, ready to go. <laughs> Oh my god. Um well that's good to that's, that's, that's good okay. to know. Um listen, I I need I need to ask you a question because it it kind of pertains to this um but it kind of doesn't. Um okay. So what are your thoughts on on time? On what? On time? Time? Yeah, like, uh, okay, do you think that time is a construct? I, I, the reason I ask is because I actually got into a conversation with someone the other day um, about whether or not, uh, like, basically, um, whether or not time is something that is man-made. What the fuck? I am way too high for this. <laughs> what the fuck? All right, so let me, let me start it. Okay, all right. What the fuck? I did not expect that. Well, it it pertains to to the current situation because uh, Austin doesn't know what time is. Um, All right. (laughs) I genuinely think that... uh, Time is a matter of existence, and if we're not here to measure time, then what is there? You know what I mean? Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah. So, so th- th- that's basically my argument. Is like, so, ba- <laughs> God, we're starting off real philosophical. Um, so when we take a look at the world around us, we use terms or, or like we create things, including like terms and definitions and and whatever. We create things to, um 
kind of explain our observations, right? So, like, for instance, we know that pretty much everything is made of atoms uh, and molecules and all that stuff. We named atoms. You know what I mean? So, like, when we look at how the sun goes around, or not the sun goes around the earth, but, like, how earth goes around the sun and how our cells in our bodies decay and stuff like that. We've kind of come up with this construct of this is what time is because our, our cells quote unquote decay over time or the sun goes around the earth. Sorry. The earth goes around the sun. Right. And we just kind of like made it into a thing where it's like, this is what time is, but like it. I mean, it's essentially it really us work just like defining that? our existence. I mean, that's what it, mm. that's what I feel like it is. Um, and yeah, like I th- I think if we were to all be snuffed out right now at this very second, what's left? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I don't think the crickets and grasshoppers are keeping up with shit like that. You know what I mean? But still, it's marked with. Uh, it is marked with what you said. It's still marked with life, death, and decay, and that itself is a measure of time, too. So there, I guess as long as there's some kind of life, there's always a measure of it, but we're the ones who wound up defining it. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. It's just a weird thought that yeah, I had the other day. I love shit like that. So, I didn't expect that. So, I mean, that was, that was fucking awesome. I'm glad it's not, what's my favorite cheeseburger or something? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's just a cheeseburger, right? Uh, dude, I, got, I I love some bacon on there. Mm. And if I can get mm. really freaky with... No, we're not doing this. Let's just go. Let's just go. Uh, um, how freaky... Not freaky, how, really, how, how... because I feel like you would like it or hate it. It's Have you ever had a black and blue? Uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of blue cheese. Yeah, see, it's not the dressing. It's actual, like, genuine blue cheese crumbles, and that shit is fucking delicious to me. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Yeah. And I ne- I don't. I know like, people who would agree with yeah, you. Yeah, I don't like blue cheese dressing, but I like that fucking burger, dude. Mm. Oh my god! Maybe I need to give it another shot. My taste buds are changing Same. again. Yeah, so. I feel that. So the one that, dude, I don't even know which one I like the most. There's one, uh, oh, good old doxing. There's there's a place on the square up here <laughs> where I live in the North Georgia mountains somewhere. Yep isolated there um, close to where I live and they have a very good black and blue and fuck man I don't know how much it's, it costs oh is it uh never mind I was gonna say is it avocados nah. but <laughs> nah. that's generic enough I think yeah. right yeah, yeah 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 that is they definitely serve avocados there yes 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 that is 100% accurate and we are we are in line in thinking. Oh, okay. yeah. What's Good. the? What, what are we doing? Oh yeah. Uh, I don't fucking know. I I watch Talk to Me. I listen to Talk to Me. Uh, the hang on the Talk to Me the. No, is that the name of the song? The Two Door Cinema Club song. Ooh, look at you. Is that what it's called? Pat your little head. We're on the same oh, man. 
Ooh, I love me some two door cinema club. Um, yeah, talk to me. Uh, so this is the movie, uh, that came out. Um, I think it hit the Toronto international film festival, um, earlier this year. I could be wrong. Um, but it was, uh, made by the YouTube, uh, I guess collective, the, the brothers, um, Raka Raka or Raka Raka. I'm not really sure how it's pronounced. I, I just know that they're a thing. Oh, it was Sundance. That's what it was. Okay. Anyway, it was picked up at A24 and basically it is the story of this girl who is racked with grief over the death of her mother. And, uh, she goes to a party one night where they are, um, playing this game with this, uh, kind of, um, I, I don't know what you would call it, but like this embalmed hand, uh, and they light candles and, um, it's supposed to conjure spirits. It's kind of like a, like a seance type thing. Um, and you hold, uh, the hand and you say, talk to me. Um, a spirit will then appear before the person who is holding the hand and it says the words. And then if you say, I let you in, that spirit then takes control of your body. Uh, the possession of your body cannot last for more than 90 seconds or the spirit kind of stays with what you. The fuck? And well, can it kill you at yeah. that time? Um, yeah. So what it says, uh, like what it basically comes down to is like, uh, you're basically dead on the inside. Your soul is now in hell and they are fully in control of your body, more or less. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to start my thoughts by saying this. I don't get scared in horror movies almost ever anymore. And this movie rocked my shit uh, to the point that, like, um, like for a couple of days after watching it, I was, like, kind of turning off lights behind me tentatively type shit. Um, this is the scariest fucking movie I've seen in a very long time. All right, so I got to um, ask, like, if you could put this or Hereditary. Uh, I think it's scarier than Hereditary. Good. So I'll um, fucking watch it now. Where can I watch it? Uh, it sh- was this. I think it was just a twenty-four. Uh, I don't think it had anything to do with Blumhouse. Let me check this real quick. Um, pa pa pa. Talk to me. Adelaide Film Festival, Sundance. It doesn't say who the distributor was. Hmm. Distributed by Umbrella Entertainment. Wait, this is in theaters. I could have. Right yes, it's in theaters right now. Oh, uh, okay. It it was a twenty four in America. I don't know why it's not telling me that on the Wikipedia. Weird. Okay, but anyway, yeah. So a twenty four bought the rights, so they distributed it in the U S. Which I assume means that it will be coming to Netflix uh, relatively soon because they they've been dropping a lot of their movies on Netflix. Um, I was just confused. I now I understand. It, it says it came out in 2022. That's why I thought it would be on a streaming service already. 
Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Understood. Yeah, it, it was uh, 2022. It had the uh, Australian Film Festival, or Adelaide Film Festival, which is in Australia. But it didn't actually get a theatrical release until um, this year. Yeah, well, I'm, so. I'm fucking down for this, because that sounds terrifying, dude. Yeah, it's... Uh, so there... There isn't necessarily anything near the beginning of the movie that's all that scary, especially even in that in the first kind of like couple of sequences where like they're seeing the spirits and stuff like they're kind of like like uneasiness, but it's not like outright scary. It's once the movie kind of kicks into high gear at like the halfway point that it becomes, like, a full-blown, like, balls-to-the-walls, like, literally you're uneasy the rest of the entire fucking movie type thing. Um, There's shit in this movie that I, I literally, I don't think I've ever seen in a horror movie before. Like, it's it's that sort of, like, whoa, what the fuck is happening? Like, what am I watching type shit? Um, it's really well-directed. Uh... Coming from a, a like a like I said that I'm pretty sure it's it's Raka Raka which is on uh, YouTube and they they've done uh, some horror shorts before and stuff like that uh, but they were very much like um, the the stuff that I have seen from them has been very like um, I, I don't know what I would want to call it but. It, Almost, almost kind of the stuff that you was seeing, you were seeing in like the early two thousands with like the splat, the splat pack kids, or like with Eli Roth very specifically, where it was just kind of like they just kind of like threw like gore at you. Um, so I wasn't terribly thrilled to know that, but like these guys have really, really like, I think understood what makes horror work based on what I see here. It's not just a matter of like, let's throw blood and guts at you or let's hit you with jump scares every like 30 seconds. It's like slow build, like really, really kicking your ass when the, when the scares finally happen type shit. Um, really, really well constructed. Uh, I think that the lead performance from uh, Sophie Wilde is just top tier. It's it's one of the best performances I've seen of any actress this year. Um, like, she just absolutely fucking kills it. Um, really, I don't... I, I, I kind of don't have any real problem with the movie. Uh, the only thing that I think is maybe a knock against it is I do think that the... Um, the ending is a little, um, uh, it's a little weak when you compare it to the rest of the movie. Uh, like it, it really hits home the themes that it's kind of grappling with the entire time, like themes of loss, regret, and kind of like suicidality and, and mental illness. Um, but in comparison to what, comes before it the final like uh, 10 minutes or so are kind of like a like mm, you didn't quite stick the landing um 
I don't know. It, it's currently my favorite horror movie of the year. I think it's probably going to end up staying there. I don't see anything else uh, really probably coming close. Uh, and it's currently my number five movie of the year. So, um, okay. yeah, good shit, man. Uh, if you can go see it in theaters, um, do so. Uh, but, yeah, great shit. Great shit. All right. Um. So, I know it's been about a month since I've been away, and in that time I've watched a singular show, and that was when I was house-sitting a couple of weeks ago. Um, I finished up you. So, you watched the entire entirety of it? The uh, entirety of uh, season two, I should say. Okay. Yeah, because there's only two, and I finished one when I talked about it last time, and I went ahead and I uh, wound up finishing season two, and... It really sucks because I was finishing it around the time that Angus Cloud wound up dying. And, oh, yeah. And unf- he's my favorite character in the show. So... I don't think season yeah. two was as good as season one, but I still think it was pretty good. Like, I enjoyed... A lot of the conflicts that we saw between a lot of the characters and a lot of the, I mean, when I say breakdowns, I feel like so many of the characters had a genuine breakdown uh, this series, uh, or uh, this season, and some of the acting, dude, like, God, what, I, 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 sometimes I forget that I'm watching a show because it feels so real. Um, I really enjoyed Zendaya and Spider-Man, but I'm going to be real. That's the only thing I've ever seen her in. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't think I have huh, anything okay. else. Um, so when I watched her in season one, I thought, wow, like she has, dude, like, I mean, she stole the show. And then season two comes along mm-hmm. and there's a, there's an arc in season two where, I mean, it gets to a really bad place with her drug use, and there's an eventual falling out with her family, and Mm -hmm. the acting in that, I don't know if it was five minutes or 15, but it felt like an eternity watching it, just because, like, you're on the edge of your seat, like, you're holding your breath, like, you don't know what's going to happen, you're literally watching the breakdown of this teenage girl because of drugs and she's fearing for her life because of reason xyz and she's literally destroying what little bit she has left with her mom and her sister and the emotion that zendaya was able to portray during that scene in particular it went from it was the fucking five stages dude like she went through them all uh, I mean, like, from the desperation and bargaining to the straight anger and then, like, trying to have, like, some repentance in there before just outright, like, lashing out back into anger and then just overall, like, finally accepting the situation and understanding it. And, like, well, no, I wouldn't say she accepted it because of what fucking eventually winds up happening. But there's there's a lot of really great just performances this season i mean it it truly captivated me man i don't like going into detail about the stories that play out because it spoils way too much about season one i feel like um Mm -hmm. and i think if you're gonna watch it just just watch it it's two seasons it's not that long um 
and it's a lot man the show tackles a lot of shit but it does it in a good way yeah um and then then towards the end there dude like my my two favorite characters um didn't wind up having the greatest ending unfortunately and when i tell you i love angus cloud dude like he seems like such a genuine person and he portrayed the character of fez so well i don't know how they do a season three without him genuinely because of how the season two ended i don't know how they go from here um Mm -hmm. it kind of ended in a way where if there was never a season three that would be okay um it didn't have a lot of happy endings but it's not a show with happy endings you know what i mean um yeah for sure yeah i i I understand why everyone likes this show because everyone fucking likes this show but i can't watch it because it's basically misery porn it's it's bad like i and i don't know usually i don't like but i think because of the little moments of hope that do shine through like Mm -hmm. that's what keeps me going because like i really want fez to be okay i want rue to be okay and jules and i i want all these people that I care about to get better or be okay or find happiness and it doesn't always work out I mean 90% of the time but there are some points that do and that's the those are the moments that hook me um but but yeah man I just if they didn't do a season 3 of these characters I think that might be like best case scenario I think the story of Euphoria is more it's more than these characters that we've come to meet so far. Like, it's not just these group of kids that go through the shit that they're going through in today's life. You know what I mean? Like, if mm-hmm. if Euphoria picked up with a whole new cast or, or some shit, you know, for a season, like, do two seasons for a storyline or something like that, like, I think that would be good. But if they truly want to continue on with this cast, it's going to be hard. Because it... I... There is... There's, I, it's hard without uh, Angus, dude. But it was, it was, it was, yeah. it was great. I loved it and uh, highly recommend it. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you there. Um, I, I don't know how that show goes because he's, he's very, from what I watch, he's very instrumental in, in the story that they're trying to tell. I'm just, yeah, yeah. But cool. Um, all right, well. Yeah, let's get to our topic of the show. Uh, we were out um, a lot last month, so we never got around to this. Uh, we're going to this today uh, tackle our Patreon topic of the month. Um, you can go over to patreon.com slash culturebop and toss us some monies, and you too can vote on uh, stuff. I don't know what I'm saying. Um, anyway, so without further ado, um, games are a unique medium in that the control is given to the observer within this structure, systems and mechanics must be built in order to offer control to the player as such games must constantly innovate or introduce outright new systems and mechanics at a regular pace. That also sometimes means that good mechanics get left behind. 
And that's kind of what we wanted to talk about today. Uh, what mechanics of old should have stuck around or should in modern age make a comeback? Um, this kind of came to me um, in a way while I was playing uh, Final Fantasy. Um, not necessarily a um, mechanic per se, but more of a system. Um, I, I really feel like a lot of what Final Fantasy 16 is lacking in regards to how it stacks up with other Final Fantasy games uh, is like really clear like systems and mechanics and the materia system is one that like immediately uh jumps to mind or the junction system from eight because those are two that like i've played a billion goddamn times um and i was like man this game would probably be so much better to me as a final fantasy game if it had these and then you know now we we get here um but like is there one that immediately like when when you think of like um like game mechanics that like you wish were still around. Is there, is there one that like immediately jumps around to you? Uh, yes, but it's so specific, but it, it's the one that it's the one that I would, um, I guess like to see the most or more of, and maybe there's games like this that exist now and I just don't know what it is, but have you ever heard of a game called Jade Cocoon? Yes. Okay. Um, I don't know why I know that, but I know that I've heard of it. Jade Cocoon came out in the late 90s, and it was made by Genki, and it came out on the PlayStation. And this game, I don't remember a lot of it because I was super young when I played this. Um, but it was kind of like Pokemon that wasn't Pokemon. Like the, okay. you could Like, there was definitely, like, a darker story going on, but throughout the game there were creatures that you would battle just like any other you know jrpg at the time like that you're walking through the world you're going to get a creature battle but the difference was you could capture tame them use them to fight and as you capture tame them and use them to fight once you got them you could start to come like merge them and make mm. unique shit that came after like after the fact and i remember I don't even remember beating this game. I just remember trying to find, like, the most outlandish combinations or just try to pour myself into finding new things like that. And I would I would really like to see something like that in a modern setting, not with Pokemon, um, but just something new. Um, like, get away from Digimon and Pokemon. Just make it something like, uh, what's the other game? Tim Tim. It came out the MMO like it you can't combine or anything but like you can you can make a successful JRPG that's Pokemon like but make it something completely different you know what I mean and then mm -hmm. implement mechanics like this just to make it stand out on its own like that was such a fun part of Jade Cocoon to me like that's what I remember more than the story um and I played the shit out of this game dude um I don't think I played it anywhere near its initial release date. I think I wound up playing it closer to probably 2000, if I had to guess. Mm -hmm. Like, um, But, yeah. So that's the one that always, when I think about mechanics and shit, that's what comes to me. What about you? Uh, 
I know this is going to sound stupid, but like literally the first thing when I started thinking about like mechanics that weren't like the Final Fantasy stuff, uh, and and maybe this is more of a system thing, but I I think of it as mechanics as cheat codes. Yep. Like like yep. we don't we don't have those anymore, and like I remember like and it, it doesn't have to be the kind of shit that was like you know infinite ammo or yeah, whatever, not, but even like like right. big head, yeah, big you know, head, different colored spiros. Yeah, exactly. Like, like I miss those, dude. Dude, I, it is so crazy that you're talking about this right now. That is fucking crazy. You know how I come up with the nicknames before the show and everything? I do mm-hmm. that for the patrons, too. Did you see what the patron nicknames were this week? I did not. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, start. Oh, my God. That's amazing. That's <laughs> fucking incredible, dude. Oh, my God. All right. That's hilarious. Yeah, because it was... What? This was not planned at all. At all. What the shit? Okay. Yeah, I, I very rarely look at the bottom of the, of the fucking outline yeah. until I get to it. So, uh, yeah, that's a bit of serendipity for real. That's crazy, man. All right. Yeah, I and like like I said, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily like if if they wanted to bring it back, it doesn't necessarily need to be like game breaking stuff, but like. I just like the idea of being able to like put in a code and then that changes the game fundamentally. You know what I mean? I do, like, yeah. like I said, big head mode. You you put that on now, your head's fucking massive. You can't even see like shit coming at you. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know what I mean? Man, I I'm trying to think of like I remember using uh, like uh, Vice City. Maybe I don't remember what mm-hmm. I did, but I just man. It was such an integral part of integral part of gaming in in those early days of uh yeah my youth like I would all oh you could go out and buy the little cheat code books or whatever yeah oh, dude dude I forgot about those man that's a blast from the past like Game Shark and shit like that yep I dude I had a Game Shark for my PS One <laughs> yeah I had it for my uh, Game Boy and my DS and shit um that's wild dude but yeah i miss those so much and like you said they don't have to do much um like even the like the 99 lives code you know what i mean like that's mm-hmm. so yeah to be honest or you that, were talking about uh there's a game mechanic that's gone like lives oh yeah yeah like they don't really exist anymore they don't, like because i was like that's such a cool cheat code to have if you're just trying to practice or whatever but i'm like wait <laughs> you don't have lives anymore yeah unless you're playing like a fucking mario game yeah or replaying through uh you know the crash trilogy or some shit but yeah that's that's amazing that's also was just happened <laughs> um what, what what i was gonna say is uh you were talking about grand theft auto just a second ago like there was shit where you like you could like spawn a, a helicopter in. that's you know what, what I, mean? I was thinking yeah like drop a fucking tank and shit up, up there yeah uh, i don't know that, that's that's a fucking a cool ass thing that's that, a like, core I, memory man like I'm, yeah. I'm flashing back to a lot of stuff right now i would love to hear from everyone listening like what are some of the cheat codes from that that they remember because it's like we played so many vastly different games growing up. Like, yeah, I might have used a Game Shark for it, but one of my most favorite things to do was play uh, uh, Diamond and Pearl when it came out. And I used, I think it was a Code Breaker, actually. 
but I could never get um, Darkrai or Shaman because you had to have those specific mm. little event tickets. But the second that I had the code breaker, now all of a sudden I can walk through walls. And I got to walk all the way up to the special island for Shaman and Darkrai, dude. Or, uh, or the, I think it was a flower patch for Shaman or some shit. But I was able to get them because of the cheats. You know what I mean? Like that. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I remember. And like like you said, being able to spawn like a tank in uh, Vice City or something fun like that, man. Like God, break. Give me the glory days back. Right. <laughs> the and uh, I mean <clears throat> another one that it it really did like immediately. Uh, this is like something that I was like, oh, oh, shit. Yeah, this. Um, and I, this kind of borders on like system and, and, and mechanics because it's kind of, I mean, I guess technically systems are made up of mechanics, but like, um, did you ever play L.A. Noir? Oh, shit. Like, uh, the investigation mechanics and the wine. Yes. Yeah, yes. dude. Like, I think that's such a fucking cool thing to build a game dude. around. Like, to, uh, be able to, like, watch someone's face to see if they're telling the truth or not. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I wish that game would have had a sequel. Yeah. I, pfft, me too. I, I really think that that game is uh kind of underrated to be honest it's with you. It's so underrated and to me that's a staple of that time period for Rockstar. Like uh-huh, that's yeah, yeah. fucking that's um all right. I don't know if this is a hard question, but let me ask you. If you can choose to have one tomorrow remade from the ground up beautiful with actually you can have it what I just said or you can have a sequel. Do you choose LA Noir or do you choose Bully? Oh, that's tough. Because Bully had some uh, fun mechanics when you think about it, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Rockstar, great yeah. job. <laughs> yeah, great star, guys. Yeah. Or, great job, guys. Yeah, um, yeah I, I would probably choose L.A. Noir. Same. I really would, man. Like, I need that good old, crime, like, a gritty crime investigation with modern-day graphics and ray tracing. Yeah. Oh, give me that shit. Pfft. I'm right there with you, man. That's such a good one, dude. I, I, that's even for me a game that I love, and I forgot all about that. Ah, oh. you know, it's funny that one sprang to mind, but I don't even think I ever finished that game. I don't th- and I'm, I'll be real, I don't think I did either. But I, and I don't know why, but I remember having such a great. Oh, I had a friend come visit, and uh, he let me borrow his copy of it, and then I just never picked it up. But I still mm. think it's only like 19.99 right now. If you were to pick it up. It might even be... I, don't, I doubt it's on Game Pass, but... Yeah. Um, so, let me throw this one out, because I don't feel like it's the same as it used to be, especially when I think of a game like... Uh, son of a bitch. Uh, I cannot remember the exact one I'm thinking, but there is a time frame when they started to dwindle. Um, I feel like stealth is not what it used to be in games at all. I 100% agree with that take. Like, when I think of a game like Splinter Cell, there's just nothing like that anymore. Like, Hitman, maybe. Like, I don't... I did not play the new one, so I don't... I don't know. Um, but stealth is just so... Like, dude, you're... you're No, I'm not creeping up on you in some, you know, crunchy gravel in broad daylight. You're not gonna turn... You got me fucked up, dude. Like, there used to be actual... <laughs> thought process to mm-hmm. 
it was a, it was a it was a stealth game, but more so it was a strategy game, and that's just not there anymore. Yeah, I one hundred percent agree with that. Uh, yeah, uh, stealth as as a yeah yeah that's actually even a uh, maybe even a better example because now like. I don't feel like you need to stealth around in those games anymore because they haven't incentivized you to do so. Yep. And it is, it's one of those things that, like... Um, I know this is going to sound weird, but I, I kind of feel like the AI in some ways and the way the enemy paths and and sort of, like, where enemies were laid out in those earlier Assassin's Creed games are better than what they are now. I know that that's objectively not the case, but like I remember, I remember very distinctly having sections in that very first Assassin's Creed game where I was like, I don't know how I'm supposed to do this because these guys follow this path and this guy's yep. over here, and if I make noise here, like like in in my head, I remember it being like way more robust than it probably actually was, uh, but like. I tried playing Valhalla, and I was like, I don't need a stealth. I can just, I can <laughs> just run through this shit. Viking, dude. Yeah, <laughs> your war cry is to blow that fucking horn and charge in with twenty people. Like you're yeah. not using stealth at all. No, at all, there was actually purpose to it in those early games. I wish yeah. Splinter is conviction the one where he's an old grizzled man. Uh, I think so. If it's not that, it's Blacklist, but I'm pretty sure it's Conviction. Conviction? I'm not going to lie. That's my favorite Splinter Cell. Ooh, that's a hot take. I know. I know. I know. I don't know why I enjoyed that fucking game as much as I did. And I know that... I have never had a happy response from that. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I'm looking at it right now... Yeah, it, it, it's either double agent or conviction. It's one of those two. Conviction. Splinter Cell. Yeah, it's this one. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that's the one. Um, but yeah, that's just. Oh, and I'll tell you one last one that came to my mind during this whole thing. Um, did you ever play Army of Two? Uh, no, I think I always wanted to, but I never did. Okay. It is a game that heavily, like, it is, it is like, it is a game for co-op. And it is a buddy system of you have each other's back and you're playing in tan. And, like, it takes two. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it really did take two to go through that game. And, like, you can play with the AI, but there's no feeling in that. The, mm-hmm. the kind of co-op that um, Army of Two encouraged was so much fucking fun and there's times where you can like enter this like bullet time mode and go back to back with one another and you're just like raining hellfire everywhere it's so much fun dude and like I don't see that in a lot of games today like games that emphasize like a powered co-op dynamic I guess like there's games that have good co-op today but there's none mm-hmm. that have that empowered feeling of you are like forces to be reckoned with. At least none that come to my head, and like uh, that really focus on the 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 dynamic of two, um, and that's kind of the whole point of and like following the story of like partners to the end type of thing. So I I know that follows more story than mechanics, but just a lot of things the army of two did. I wish I wish I could still see today. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I think so. There are a couple of other ones that uh, that came to mind, but um, I'm gonna take just I one last one to kind of talk about um and it's it's one that i've i've talked about before uh at least twice probably multiple times but uh it's from my favorite game ever made uh, metal gear solid guitar hero. oh yeah guitar hero. No. um but in the fight with psycho mantis in metal gear solid one psycho mantis does a number of things that affect you the player like it breaks the fourth wall one of which is it read your memory card and uh depending on how many konami game saves you had on your memory card he would say different things uh he would also do things like mess with your your tv where like uh you know on those old crtvs where like you would have to change it to channel three or whatever uh, and it, it would be like a black screen. He would like in the middle of the fight, your screen would go black. And in the top right hand corner, it would say Hideo um, again, breaking the fourth wall. But like that sort of like personalized sort of like um, the game is talking to you directly, I think is something that could work very well in psychological horror games kind of like stuff like um like layers of fear or uh like maybe put it into something like um like pt or uh even something as simple as like um like shopkeepers in rpgs acknowledging the player's name as opposed to Thank you. Come again. You like a like a canned response, like uh, saying something like, "Oh, well, thank you." You know, player name yeah. or or something like that. Like I feel like those don't really get used anymore, and I, it, it's not necessarily that it's immersive, especially in the case of like Metal Gear Solid, um, but it is like within the context of what you are doing within the video games, it could be immersive it draws you into the game so you know what i mean i mean just on that point real quick i remember i think i was on the 360 um i remember playing grid for the first time the racing game the racing game yeah okay and you could that was one of the first games i remember using something like that for me at least because um you could choose to select your name and then like you had this either AI or something you had something that was talking to you and it would use your name and I was like holy shit and it would did the exact thing that you're saying and it, it's it brought me into the game yeah yeah I, I I think that's a cool fucking a thing like and I I think like I said before I think a lot of the stuff that I have uh brought up have all kind of like um bordered on like uh like systems, but like, I don't know that those simple little things just, I feel like they bring you into the game more than just, like I said before, like if it's an RPG and just a canned response, like, I don't know. I don't know. But cool stuff, man. Um, there are a ton of other ones that we could we could talk about. Yeah, recurring um, 
so we'll we'll probably um, we'll probably come back to this again at some point, um, especially uh, with uh, Power Man Five Thousand out. Um, this... <laughs> <laughs> this episode. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> that was one of those dot 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 moments for me, and then when it hit, oh my god! <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, god. Austin's a metalhead, but then. <laughs> Oh fuck! All right. Uh, anyway, uh, I guess let's talk about what we've been playing. Um, I hate th- so I'm gonna I'm gonna skip over the one that I have written. I have another one. Um, okay. <laughs> I just need to talk about that with Austin next week. <laughs> is the uh, is the DLC out? Is that why it's not out yet? Um, oh, okay. But brother, I haven't had a lot of time for gaming recently, but when I do, I have played next to nothing but Violet and I've had a better time than I did the first time around so got a mm. lot to say okay cool um well uh so I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna do the last talks I'm gonna do about Final Fantasy 16 um until game of the year rolls around Final Fantasy 16 is a very good game um, that I really enjoyed playing. I do not think that it is a good Final Fantasy game. Uh... Yeah. Uh, a lot of the stuff that I brought up in our in our kind of like deep dive episode that we did that, uh, what, a month and a half ago, um, a lot of those things just kept nagging at me and kept nagging at me and the more i played of it i was like this feels i this is going to sound really weird because i love final fantasy 14 but it feels like an expansion to final fantasy 14 that you only Holy play by yourself um weird. yeah yeah there are just so many things that like that I feel like take it out of the experience of being like a single player Final Fantasy game where it's it's stuff that like in old games I I don't think that I would have necessarily noticed if 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 that stuff was gone I don't think that I would notice it here but like it wasn't gone in those old games and it's very noticeable to, to me here just for instance, this game doesn't really have a party, but it kind of does. And the thing that has, I mean, like if I were to pick out one key defining feature of every single one of the Final Fantasy games that I love, it would be that it is a cast of really, really well-written characters from differing backgrounds and uh, like where they start in the in the games is very different from one another. Sometimes, like in the case of Final Fantasy Seventeen or Final Fantasy Seven, uh, can be somewhat antagonistic towards one another. But they they grow together and they become these sorts of found families. The biggest gripe I have about the character with well, not the characters, but like kind of like the story of this game is that it is Clive's story alone. There are characters that get their own moments. Like, for instance, Jill 
much later into the game gets um, some some pretty good stuff to work with. Um, but it doesn't really do anything to her character overall. And it's almost like everyone just kind of gets along at the very beginning and they're like, they don't ever have to come together. Like they're already like sort of a, a family from the very beginning of the, of the game. Right. Um, and for me, I would like each one of these characters to be written well. And I don't think that, each one of the characters here is particularly written well, uh, outside of Clive, who's, uh, again, like, th- this whole thing is Clive's story. I don't necessarily have a problem with that in a lot of other games, but in Final Fantasy, for me, it is a story about people, not a person. And it just, I don't know, like, I, I feel like a lot of the characters that I meet in Final Fantasy fourteen even though we're not like a party, like we start out in different areas and there are things that affect these characters over here and they affect these characters over here. And like, but at the end of the day, it tells a robust story about all of these characters and not just my character. In Final Fantasy 16, I feel like that's inverted. It's all about Clive all the time and these other characters get little little moments here and there, but it's never... Uh, it never really amounts to much. Um, and I think this is a problem with the game's pacing. I think that, like, the game really, really has a bad pacing problem. Like, and that carries over to the progression stuff. Uh, it, it affects the storytelling. Like, there are a lot of problems that come with the pacing. And I think that it's because this game was built by an MMO team. So they know how to tell an MMO story, which is a story that is told over multiple years and is usually very long. This game could have been tightened to a 30 or 40 hour experience and been much better. Instead, you get like the first 15 or so hours that are like balls to the wall fucking awesome. And then it slows way the fuck down, like way the fuck down. And then you are doing a bunch of like boring kind of like nothing tasks. Like it, the story stuff kind of moves the story along, but it doesn't like there, there aren't things that like meaningfully affect the story. Like there are characters in here that could have been cut out and their entire quest line scrapped, in my opinion, to make the thing run way smoother than it actually does. Um, I still really, really like it. Like, I think it's a really good game. When I am playing it, it feels fucking awesome. I love being in battles. I love switching out my abilities. I love running through, like, combos with my abilities. I love the way that the combat has been designed, but the rest of the game is really, really hurt by the way that they decided to design the way that the game unfolds. You get, like, I played my first playthrough, because I'm going to try to go for the Platinum because I'm a fucking idiot, but 
my first playthrough of the entire story was roughly 70 hours long. And I shit you not, the last icon that you get in the game and all of its abilities, I didn't get until about 60 hours in. That's fucking obnoxious, dude. How am I supposed to... And like, I'm getting that that uh, that set of abilities, that icon or whatever, going into the climax of the game story. How am I supposed to like sit and spend time figuring out where that can work with my other abilities and stuff? You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I... Like I said, I I still really like it. I still really think it's a really good game. It'll it'll be near, probably it'll probably be in my top five at the end of the year. But like, I don't know. I've gone back to Street Fighter Six, and I'm having such like I'm having such fun with that game. Like, I I I think that Street Fighter Six is fucking impeccable. Like, and uh, you know, as much as I shit on it a little bit earlier in the year, uh. I I think that I might like Resident Evil Four more than it. Oh. And I just. Oh. I I I'm feeling I'm feeling really disappointed by it. I think, um, because. On the surface, it does all the things that I wanted Final Fantasy Fifteen to do. It has a really deep story, with a bunch of interlocking characters. That, that don't quote-unquote know each other. It has a really cool battle system. It returns to, like, adding tropes with, uh, you know, the icons being there. Um, and, and to be clear, the boss fights and the icon fights in this game are fucking stellar. They are some of the best fucking boss fights I have played in any game in the last... 10 years like they're up there with like Elden Ring for me like type of boss fights because the mechanics within those boss fights for just individual ones are so different and fun to kind of like realize what the patterns are and everything I love the way this game plays I hate almost everything else about it okay well that's a bummer. Uh, <sighs> Do you, have you played no, any more of it? That's what I was going to get into for a second. Like, I, my life has gotten very chaotic, and it's very hard for me to sit down and play games right now. Um, sometimes I can get really fortunate and have a good few hours to pour into a game. Sometimes, most of the time I don't. Um, mm-hmm. But I can't bring myself to pour into Final Fantasy right now. Um, I was pouring a lot into Pokemon because I can play that in bursts. Like, I know Pokemon quite well. Shocker. Um, and that's kind of what I've been doing with the other game that I'm playing, which is Cyberpunk. Um, mm, okay. I, Are you getting ready for, like, the DLC? Yeah. So, unfortunately, a lot of... It, it's been rough month, rough summer, rough lot. Financially, not doing so well. Don't know how many more games I'll be uh, buying for the rest of the year. So, I'm trying to enjoy things that 
I love and I want to prep for if new shit's coming out. So cue me playing Violet, cue me playing Cyberpunk. I'm going to tell you something, motherfucker, I never thought I'd say. This game has done a full 180, 360, 720. I don't know. It's turned itself around. It's out of jail. It's reformed. It's sober. It's got a it's got a job in an office working 9 to 5 making good money living in a house on a quiet street far away from the city. It's living lavish. All right. And it sucks because I want to pour more into this game than I have time for, man. But I'm having such a good time with just exploring Night City, dude. Like, it runs perfectly uh, fine now. It's very smooth. I'm playing it on the PS5. Um, mm. It. I am having such a blast just running through and getting lost in Night City, man. Like, I should have watched Edge Runners leading up to me playing it again, but um failed to do that but god damn dude if i don't love just investing into the characters that are in the game like i love jackie and his mom and misty and the ripper doc vic and then just the overall relationship with v and johnny and then pan am and just everyone that you meet along the way and like even the side quest dude like the monks and shit that you wind up helping judy like this game shines and its story man and the world itself, like, of Night City and the outskirts, uh, where, like, all the nomads and shit are, like, mm -hmm. it's <clears throat> one of the most beautifully crafted worlds that I've been a part of. Like, the neon lights of the city just, just transport me to another, to another world. Like, I genuinely feel, like, when that little synth music kicks in, man, like, oh, I'm just there. Like, it took a long time for me to be able to play this with a level head, and I'm glad that it did. It's kind of like The Witcher 3. Like, when I came into The Witcher 3, the game was already fixed from all its uh, failures at launch. Um, so I played it, and it was great. Um, and then Cyberpunk got it on launch. I had so much shit just wrong. Um, and it took me out of playing it. And I finished the game, and I did enjoy the story, I will not lie. But I had so many problems with just the bugginess and performance mm -hmm. and I don't know it just kind of felt lackluster but now it's like it's a, it's a nice buttery uh, nice buttery biscuit and I'm eating every bit of it <laughs> yeah they so it's my understanding that they've fixed like a ton of the problems that the that the game had initially right like uh, obviously like a lot of the the glitchy stuff is gone but like, i have had zero issues with the game in terms of bugs performance nothing has happened since i've been playing the game for about a week now okay it's it's wonderful man like um there's a substantial difference when you put it on ray tracing mode but that's pretty obvious why like it definitely drops down to a, a 30 frames per second but if you just sit there and look at the world like i mean you can see those extra little details but the second you start to move it's like uh oh um but i will tell you performance mode looks almost damn near as good and it runs like butter man um fucking wonderful i there is a there's some things i want like i it's 20 it's 2023 and i don't think there should be a game out there that doesn't come with uh customizable controls like i i feel like i should be able to do that in anything now um, oh yeah, I agree. And field of view, 
I need a FOV slider, please. Like, I, that needs to be staple on a first-person game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I uh, they're adding um, a FOV slider, if I'm not mistaken, to, to Dead by Daylight, which is... Oh, shit, I thought you were going to say to cool. Phantom Liberty. Oh, maybe. No, I, don't I know. doubt it. That's why I got ahead of myself. That's yeah. good though. Um yeah, I am excited about that, but I do think that it's um uh kind of a necessity in 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 this modern sort of landscape of video games. Like every I don't understand why every game doesn't have one. But maybe that's just uh old-fashioned maybe thing. we're just old. Yeah, maybe. I turn, uh, you know, I turned uh, 32 two, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, and already I'm like, I'm 33. Wait, hang on, what? What? Two, two weeks ago? August 5th? And we didn't know about this. Okay. No, mm-hmm. I try to keep it low-key. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not a birthday mm-hmm. person. I'm like, uh, I about said August. I'm like Austin. <laughs> I'm just like... My birthday. I'm like Austin with Christmas. That's what I should have said. Like, let's just. Oh not. my. Yeah, but I turned 32, and in my head I'm like, I'm already 33. <laughs> like, I'm just, I, I just yeah. feel old. <laughs> like, just get just round up. <laughs> yeah, I also feel very old yeah. at this point. But hey, is that all? We got more. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna talk about that by daylight real quick. Um, uh, you've been playing. I've been playing, uh, and (laughs) I, until today, um, when I got to play for about an hour or so with Bryn, um, after I got out of work, um, I was fully prepared to come in here and be like, I don't think I'm playing Dead by Daylight anymore. Um, the fuck is happening today? I... (laughs) I love this game so fucking much, man. I I really, really think that this game is, like, uh, one of my all-time favorite games. Like, just seriously. I fucking love playing it. It is so much fun, right? The last roughly month or so of the game have been the least fun I have ever had playing this fucking game. I don't... I was talking in... in uh, I think I... I I'm pretty sure I've shouted her out on the podcast before. Uh, the last Skittle. Um, I've been watching her stream. Um, and I uh, came in the other day <clears throat> and she was a... she Well, she Ill, still is kind of a Dead by Daylight streamer to an extent. But, like, she's she kind of took a break. Um, and uh, I came in the other day and she was like, yeah, I just needed a break. And we're you know, she was, she was streaming dead by daylight. She was like, we're back at it finally. And, uh, blah, 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 blah. And she was like, I needed to take a break because it felt like when I was playing, everything that I was doing just was not fun. And it felt like everyone who was playing with me and or against me was deliberately trying to make it unfun. Everyone just felt angry and vindictive. And that's, my exact experience over the last month or so 
uh, and very specifically within the last two to three weeks. Every time, I, and part of this is because I play solo queue, um, and I know that it could be more fun when I play with other people. Uh, for instance, like I said, when I was playing with Bryn earlier, we only got a little bit of time, but like, I had a fucking blast, man. I was having so much fun. I, I mean, I texted you guys. Like, there was this match that I had against, uh, it, it was me and her, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was like a Yui and a, and a Jake. And we were going up against a Legion, and the Legion kind of was like a, a weird kind of tunnely boy, um, but whatever. But like I was running this motherfucker, and there was a sequence where I I'm, I'm not even shitting you. I'm not very good at chases. I'm I'm decent. I'm like I'm okay at it, but like I'm not I'm not good. I had a sequence where I was like I was laughing hysterically because I was running this legion and I was knocking down pallets left and right and I there was a sequence where I hit him I'm not even shitting you like three or four times in a row where he never hit me with his weapon ever it was just like a okay I'm gonna round this real quick and bam pallet down and he was stunned Uh, and it was just I was laughing I was having a fucking blast until today when I was doing that, it feels like 80% of my matches have been either I'm getting tunneled immediately or I'm getting camped the very first hook that, like, that, that I get. Like, there was, there's no real in-between. Like it's, it's a, it's a situation where like the person comes and then they hook you and then they're either right there the entire time or they leave, you get unhooked and they're immediately right back on you saying, you're fucked. I'm not doing this. You're going down. And I don't want to feel like I'm going to have a fucking aneurysm when I'm playing one of my favorite games. You know what I mean? I <laughs> like, I I play Dead by Daylight to have fun. Like, if... And I, I understand the mentality of, like, you want to win. I want to win, too. I always, like, I go into these games because... And, and I play because I want to win. Like, I, I want to make it out of the matches every single time. But at the end of the day, if I don't win, that shouldn't affect whether or not I had enjoyment in the game. And up until, like I said, about roughly a a month ago, that experience was my experience. I had fun almost every time I was playing. I would get frustrated here and there, you know, whatever. But I was, for the most part, having fun. Something has changed within the roughly last month or so where killers are fucking assholes and survivors are the most unhelpful motherfuckers I have ever played with. I had a match where I'm not even shitting you. I was the first one down and I'm sure it had something to do with like, uh, like the killer was probably running um, uh, Lethal Pursuer 
where they immediately know exactly where everyone is for the first, I, I want to say, five seconds of the game. When the match starts, five seconds, every survivor's aura is revealed to you. And I'm relatively sure that they had it. They came and they got me immediately because I was away from everyone else. And then I got hooked and I died. I didn't try to get myself like off the hook. Like I never tried. You know how you can do that in the game. I never tried to get myself off the hook. I waited the entire... Uh, I don't even know how long it is that it takes for you to go from stage one to stage two to, to, to dead. But whatever that time frame was, I waited for someone to come get me and they never fucking did. Jesus. And I'm like... I, I literally got to play the game, like actually play the game for 30 seconds. How is that fun? How, like how, how I, I like to me, I don't understand how that's like a, a, a fun thing. If you were in the, uh, like if the opposite were true, right? Like if one of the other survivors had gotten down within the first, like, 30 seconds of the match. I would have stopped whatever I was doing to try to go for the unhook. Or whatever. Regardless of whether it kind of, like, resulted in my getting down. I play like that because I want the game to be fun for everyone. I don't want it to just be fun for me. I don't want it to be just fun for the killer. I want everyone to play and have fun. So I do my best when I'm playing, to have fun with everyone and make that a possibility. And it feels like no one else has been doing that. And it's really disheartening because, as I said before, this is one of my favorite fucking games, dude. I love playing this game. I just haven't recently. Um, I don't know if it's like a, a mixture of like, the the devs have sort of incentivized bad behavior and they're not really doing anything to crack down on on that or if there was kind of like a switch that got flipped in 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 the collective like consciousness of of the killers or whatever where they're all just like yeah well uh fuck you buddy type deal um but something has changed and I'm hoping that with the release of the Alien chapter, which is coming, if I'm not mistaken, next month, um, I'm hoping that when that releases, something kind of shifts back and it is a little bit more fun for everyone. Uh, But like I said, with the exception of today, like I I just, I haven't had fun recently and that's a, a goddamn shame in my opinion. That sucks, man. I get it because that shit was even bad when I was playing. I can't imagine it being worse. Yeah, dude, and like, like I said, it's it's something that I've had to deal with in the past. But like, I try to make the best of it. But when it's happening every fucking match, yeah, like when when I am getting down, like the first one down, and I'm down within the first minute of the match, and like I'm getting tunneled immediately after I get unhooked. Like, it's not fun. It's not fun. Every single fucking match. <sighs> I don't know. I don't like Final Fantasy anymore. I don't like Dead by Daylight anymore. I guess I don't like video games anymore. I feel that. 
Oh God. Anyway, uh, yeah. So that's that's what we've been doing and stuff. So um, why don't we get our picks of the week out and then uh, get the fuck out of here? Uh, my pick of the week is a no clip documentary. Uh, that is the YouTube channel No Clip. Um, the making of Immortality. Immortality is one of my favorite games of last year. Um, and most of the time, the no-clip stuff kind of really goes into the deep dive of, like, uh, game mechanics and how how people came up with the concepts for their games and, you know, yada, yada, yada. Uh, and since Immortality is more of like an FMV, um, sort of like mystery game, um, it really kind of uh, really goes more into, like, filmmaking and stuff. Um, and there are a lot of really cool insights in here. Um, like... W- when Sam Barlow is on the screen and he's talking, you immediately know that this dude fucking loves movies. Like, he, he's talking about shit that I'm like, I've never even fucking heard of that. And I love movies, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's really good. It's uh, a little bit over an hour. Um, highly recommend it. Um, mine is a song initially by wake up hate but this is specifically the glide remix it's called the cure this song best listen to with headphones um i don't know what the fuck it is (laughs) it's very much an electronic song it's very much a remix but um dude it's like dubstep mixed with a little bit of everything i feel like Uh, but it's really trippy sounding how they can make the uh, the music just kind of reverberate from left to right. It just kind of sounds glitchy at the same time. Um, just a really fun song, dude. It actually came on my Discover Weekly this week, and I had such a good time with it. I've uh, been listening to it nonstop. It's, it's a lot of fun. Hell yeah. I'll have to check that out. I like The Cure, so... Um. No. No. Mm. It's just the song title. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Wake I'm Up sorry. Hate is the band. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. I was like, okay, no, yeah. That probably I, I just completely ruined it. Because, yeah, I understand the love for The Cure. So, no, it's the name of the song. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> I just completely misunderstood. Yeah, I'm sorry. Probably everyone else <sighs> too. So, yeah, the song is The Cure, not the band. Okay. Well, fair enough. GG, now you'll never check it out. Uh, I don't know. I'm yeah, a- it's a fun listen. Give it a shot. Uh, awesome. Yeah, well, uh, let's, uh, let's get on out here. Um, as always, you can find us on social media for all things Culture Pop, Hunting Pixels, and the Culture Pop family of content. Culture Pop is available on Instagram at culture underscore pop, and on youtube.com slash c slash culture pop, and of course, Twitch. Um, pretty soon we're going to have these starting, uh, we're going to have these as video podcasts where uh, you will actually be able to watch them on Twitch on Mondays as they release. Uh, And then also I'm working, uh, as I've said probably a million times at this point, on getting my schedule cleared to have a consistent uh, streaming thing. Uh, Probably going to do a new show um, where we talk about the news. uh, And by we, I mean me and maybe a guest. Um, And then uh, obviously we'll have uh, video game streams as well. So... Um, go follow and then uh, we'll have some content coming there shortly uh, and then 
You know, if uh, if you want to check out what I am doing personally, uh, you can go to my Twitter, uh, or I guess it's called X now, uh, at the Bebopman182. Uh, I'm also available on Instagram, where I don't really post a whole lot. Uh, but, you know, hey, if you want to, you can give it a follow. It's at Bebopman182. Uh, last thing, and certainly not the least, if you liked what we did here in this episode, and you want to vote on topics, or... You want to participate in the massive 64 game tournament, video game tournament, where uh, I will be playing one of these games and doing some sort of media on it. Then consider supporting us. Go to patreon.com slash culturebop and toss us a pledge. Uh, your pledge goes to helping us create more content and keeping our... Uh, our little operation afloat. Um, it literally pays for my Adobe subscription and the podcast uh, host that we have. So, again, uh, patreon.com slash culturebop. And as, again, we weren't able to do this last month, um, I do want to shout out our patrons. Justin Up Up Ruiz, Donnie, Tawny, not Donnie, god damn. Tawny, uh, down Down Salmon, Jeffrey Left Right Ciarto, Bryn Left Right Woodham, Dylan B.A. Martin, and Austin Start Stevens. Uh, go check us out. Cool stuff. Um, yeah, that's it. That is the end of our show. So until next time, goodbye.